When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Raj Geary. Tonight, we're going to talk about Monday Night Raw for February 6th, 2017. Uh, Mr. Matt Morgan is still on vacation in Hawaii. If you've been following him on Instagram, it looks lovely there. He should be back with us uh, Sunday night when we do the Elimination Chamber coverage. But for tonight, Monday Night Raw, Samoa Joe continuing. Uh, this is the extension, right? The full-fledged debut after he appeared at the end of last week's Monday Night Raw, taking out Seth Rollins tonight. We actually saw him in a match with Roman Reigns. Raj, what did you think of Raw overall? I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, you know, they're building up their top matches for the, you know, for WrestleMania and for Fastlane. So, uh, yeah, I thought the show did a good job in doing that. Plus, you know, it gave Samoa Joe a win, although, you know, needing. We'll get to it, but needing outside interference, you know, uh, but at least he got the win. So, yes, at least he got the win. That counts for something. Uh, so for me, it was a mixed night. I thought that the show moved at a at a comfortable pace, which I thought was good. Uh, I didn't think there were too many lulls in it. I thought there were definitely some high spots. But that being said, let's go segment by segment. Um, before we do that, though, Raj, have you heard anything? Uh, what's the latest on the Seth Rollins injury situation? It's just looking like he's going to be out for the foreseeable future now. The only thing, the only new thing is that he flew back to Birmingham, Alabama. Um, so that's twice, you know, in a week. So it's not, what what that means. We don't know if he had surgery or or what. But yeah, I mean, WWE really, really had sure. like no update whatsoever on Rod and I. Uh, but yeah, MCL. Uh, it's saying there's a chance he could make it back by Mania, and they could do just a storyline uh, match where you know where uh, a storyline where Triple H is just working the knee and destroying him the whole match, and you know beats him by submission or, or you know something like that. Yeah, and so then uh, and then doing a rematch down the road. That is true. Um, tonight we opened up with the package recapping everything that happened at the end of last week's Monday Night Raw. And in case you missed it at the top of the show, they reran the package later in the episode. Um, but showing, you know, obviously with Samojo coming out, taking out Seth Rollins. We're live from Portland, Oregon this week. And we had Mick Foley and Stephanie McMahon in the ring welcoming Samojo in a suit, no less, um, only to be interrupted by Roman Reigns. Uh, so what did you make of this this sort of idea now that they're sort of setting this up with the furthering the the split between Foley and Stephanie here with uh, Stephanie almost forming a neo-authority now with uh, Triple H and Samoa Joe? Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, well, I thought, I thought tri Samoa Joe coming out in a suit seemed kind of weird to me. I don't, I don't know what you thought, but uh, if, if you're pushing someone as like this killer destroyer, you know, 
coming out all nice and dapper. Uh, I mean, he looked, you know, kind of like a bouncer at a at a Vegas nightclub or something. So and a cl- very classy, high end. Right. Club. Yeah. Exactly. In, in one of the nice hotels. But uh, but yeah, you know, I thought Samoa Joe delivered a great promo. Uh, I thought Roman Reigns was good here too, and you know, it it uh, it was a, a different main event. You know, that's that's the second. NXT guy that that's come up and you know gotten a win right off the bat over Roman Reigns because they did the same thing with Finn Balor. Yeah, although um, Finn's win was much, uh, I think, more surprising. I think the way they did it tonight with the interference certainly made it a little more, you know, protecting Roman um, as opposed to where Finn just, I mean, legitimately got that victory. And right, Finn's was clean. Yeah. Um, so you know, I liked the segment. I liked the setup. Interesting that maybe uh, it's it's kind of working a little bit, given Reigns, you know, a little uh, a little relief from his typical crowd reaction. Uh, the people chanting at Samoa Joe, "You sold out tonight." I thought that was a nice crowd touch. Yeah, and Stephanie McMahon yelling at Mick Foley again. Look, I don't know if Mick Foley is like this is his idea to be constantly uh, dressed down by Stephanie, uh, but I I'm. Uh, I'm almost looking forward to when he does step down as GM because I think this role has just hurt him. He looks less and less like this legendary wrestler that he is. Uh, each week he's he's in this role. So, um, so yeah, I th- I I think uh, with Stephanie there, it 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 doesn't do him any favors. So we went from that segment um, to Bailey versus Nia Jax. And I thought this was interesting tonight. Now, Raj, I know when you predicted this before, I was so disappointed, but everything I'm seeing online is saying like, it looks like it is indeed going to be a four-way between Bailey, Nia Jax, Charlotte, and Sasha at WrestleMania. Um, I think this further sets it up, right? I mean, we had the fight. Interesting that Nia Jax won due to uh, the distraction of Charlotte, which I thought was almost kind of unnecessary seeing as they'd shown that Bailey and Nia were kind of, you know, they, it could go either way based on their past matchups. Yeah. And they're not even like really trying with these distractions anymore. I mean, that was a, <laughs> such a weak distraction, but, um, but yeah, I mean, they're kind of all four of these women now are kind of all thrown in. So, um, so yeah, of course Bailey loses and, and is gets a title shot next week, which, you know, and logically makes no sense, but you know, WWE does that all the time. Yes, it is one of their favorite moves. Um, but speaking of moves, though, what do you think of the, the ring work with this? I did not think this uh quite matched their previous matchups, but I thought I thought it was fairly solid up until the distraction. It was, I think it went too long. Yeah. Um I think you could have done this within one commercial break. I I don't know. Tonight's raw, I don't know if just to me, the commercial breaks just felt like they uh they went on forever like it just especially towards the end um but yeah so i i think it definitely could have been shorter but it it, it wasn't it wasn't that good but it was you know fine for what where they're going well and what's interesting tonight and it's funny you mentioned that with commercials i almost wonder if there is indeed it did, did seem like there were more commercials tonight and i wonder if there is greater demand now that we are past football yeah i don't know yeah, I mean, I wonder if that is something to do. With and the it. USA Network handles all the advertising, so yeah. it's uh, you know, WWE doesn't. So yeah, but also kind of interesting, right? I mean, it shows that they can vote of confidence in uh, in the women for them to put that match as the first wrestling action of the night again, post uh, post football season, post Super Bowl, which I thought was uh, kind of nice to see that at least they they mixed that up a little bit. Um, after that, you know, 
uh, we went to announcing uh, Sami Zayn versus Chris Jericho with the title on the line this week as opposed to last week. Also, that we're going to have Cesaro and Sheamus uh, getting a rematch at the Raw Tag Team Championship against Gallows and Anderson. But before that, we had a handicap match. Braun Strowman versus four jobbers, Dusty Wallace, James Stock, CeCe Bonin, and Rob Pele. Um what did you make of that match, Raj? I got a kick out of the guy that was trying to walk away. Yeah, and... he just ran to the back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't have they done a four-on-one handicap match before? I feel like he did. No, he did three before, right? I it think was he, did, he might have done two or three. I think Ryback's done three before, but I can't remember the last time they've done a four-on-one handicap match ever in WWE. So, well, it's good they're taking pages from the Ryback playbook. That's right. very well for Braun Strowman's future in the WWE. Well, hey, Ryback was working until uh, yeah, I mean, he, he was, asked for more money. <laughs> no, no, until uh, John Cena got injured and he was put in yeah. that CM Punk program because yeah, yeah. he, you know, he was. They were doing that slow build with them, and he was coming. I mean, he was getting over with the crowd, and then you know, once Punk beat him, and then you know, beat him again on the next pay per view, it just killed all his momentum. Well, even on the pre-show of Mania this past year, I mean, he was having an all right run of things. I mean, I think in renegotiating, I don't know, maybe he thought it was time. I've read a few of his interviews there. But, I mean, it wasn't like he was he was buried, you know. when uh, uh, He pretty much was. Losing was to Kalisto down. on the pre-show. And, uh, it was a title yeah. match. <laughs> yeah, a title Kalisto's that doesn't matter. arguably the better of the Lucha Dragons. I mean, yeah. you know, it's not like he lost to Sin Cara. I mean, come on. Yeah, no, but for where he once was, and yes, uh, it it was a far a, f- a far fall. Um, the one thing I liked about the handicap match, I like that they did the triple pin at the end. I think that with Braun, um, they need to get back to this a little bit, right? We've seen him as the great interferer in recent weeks, and he's been in these multi-man matchups, uh, you know, as part of a team um, or these different scenarios. But I think they should do more stuff like this, but do it with, you know, even more stunts, more gimmicks, more ways to just make it entertaining. I think if, if this is the path they're going to put him on, um, you know, until his next matchup with Reigns. Yeah, I mean, we've got four weeks to go, so three more episodes of Raw. Um, Yeah, and weird for them to start plugging Fastlane tonight, right? I mean, I know that Elimination Chamber is coming up this Sunday, but it was interesting to be like, four weeks away. Let's start talking about the matches. Four weeks away. I I think that's better. I think it's better when you got like the the top matches announced well ahead of time. Um, It does give it a sense of momentum and purpose, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And, you know, the top feuds, it it builds, you know, like TNA will announce the main event like the week of and nobody buys those pay-per-views. So, uh, you know, I I think I like it way better when they announce it well in advance. I feel like storyline-wise, it just sort of boxes you in, you know, like, I mean, you know, the path. It should be boxed in, though, for, for for your main events, yeah. Well, I agree with that, except... Hear me out on this. It's the WWE. So what it really means is it's boxed in and we're just going to see variations of that same main event they want us to see on the pay-per-view in the weeks leading up to it. So by the time it gets there, we've we, already seen the tag match version. We've already seen the the triple threat version. You know, they, they I feel like they, uh, I don't know, kind of run it into the ground. Rather, than we, we won't in this case. Uh, well, because Goldberg's not wrestling before Fastlane. That's true, and we will talk uh, about that. But uh, no, I think with uh, Reigns and uh, Strowman, if that is going to be the Fastlane match um, that we're going to see, it's not like they're going to be completely sequestered from each other. Right. Yeah, I mean, we saw some of it tonight. Yeah, both Goldberg, you're absolutely right. Uh, and I thought that was very nice in how they did that build. Um, so after that, we what, what did you make of that? And where do you think it's going with Braun talking about you know, that he literally wants like 
the entire locker room basically as his opponent. I thought that was kind of a nice little motivation, like that he just wants like a, a, a Royal Rumble match where it's basically just Braun versus all. Well, if to me what that came across was a hint at him being in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal at WrestleMania. An entrant one. That's how they should But I, at the same time, I can't see WWE holding on to that that line from Strowman, uh, you know, for, you know, after Fastlane uh, to put him in that match because they're not going to announce him in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal before Fastlane. So, um, but if they have nothing for him, I could absolutely see that happening. No, I that's what him, I that's what I think it yeah. will be. I, I think, think it, he could be the first entrant. And I think he could win the entire thing. Well, it's a battle royal, so it's not yeah. timed. Oh, that's um, true. But yeah, yeah. I yes, mean, battle I, royal armbar as opposed to the Royal Rumble. You have him clear everyone out. You know, you just yeah. kind of have him dominate the whole thing and win it. I think yeah. it keeps his momentum going because there's no real uh, clear matchup for him at, at Mania right now. Yeah. Um, so what did you think of Akira Tozawa versus Drew Gulak? I thought it was. I thought this was good. I was impressed with the uh, reaction that Tozawa got too. Um, he got a better reaction than most cruiserweights do on Raw, especially compared to the second cruiserweight segment. That we're right. Yeah. Doing. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, you know, I love Tozawa, his uh, snap German suplex. Uh, so, yeah, I thought it was a, a good debut. Yeah, I thought uh, he looked great. I think it's it's a shame, though, that it's within the context of the cruiserweight division. I just feel like it's so yeah. hard to get enthusiasm for that. I think they need to treat it like how they do with the women's division. Don't need to change the ropes and, and act like it's a separate show on your show. Just, you know, you know, keep the ropes the same. It's just a, a different championship. Um, so... Well, I feel if Neville has been a success, I think they should be looking for other performers who have existing followings now granted neville you know is more of a cult-like following than the wwe but put in some performers that we care about with the cruiserweight talent that maybe we're not as exposed to yet well it does look like they're starting to build austin aries for that role yeah like you know giving him interview time where he's you know he's helping get himself over uh he comes across as you know the most charismatic guy in that division by far so you know i but I think the problem with Neville, I think he's done such a fantastic job, but the crowd isn't reacting to him because they don't re- react to this division. Yeah. So he gets like, he's not getting near the amount of heat he should be getting. Well, because I I don't think people are that invested in Neville being the most recognizable face. If Neville's the heel in the situation, I mean, I don't know how that is in your in your household, but over here we're rooting for Neville each week because we really like Neville. I don't care if he's a bad guy, good guy. I like Neville. Yeah, um, but you know, to most people, you know, on TV, they're they're not cheering him that much when he comes out. Yeah, that's yeah. no, definitely uh, a problem. A he comes across as the only quasi star right now on Two Hundred Five Live, and that's that's a problem. Well, he is. I mean, right? I and mean, he is. Have, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they and they've done what they can. So, I mean. Uh, Brian Kendrick came out at the end of that and offered a handshake to Sazawa. Um, Sazawa, pardon me. And, uh, you know, but that's the thing. I mean, Kendrick and Perkins, they've pushed to the high heavens. Um, but I feel like with the other guys, I don't know. I feel like they, you know, they could have really used Jack Gallagher when they launched this division. I think with more colorful characters and more entertaining segments, I think uh, people would be paying attention more. Yeah, it, it, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff they need to do. Yes. So, um. And I can't even, yeah, it's just, 
how much long, so, how long, how long do you think the cruiserweights are going to last on Monday Night Raw? If we're looking at WrestleMania 2018, do you think a year from now, no. on the road to WrestleMania, you think that they're gone? I'd be surprised if they're around by SummerSlam. Okay, there you have it. I think that's, I think I, I could almost see after WrestleMania, they say, you know what, maybe the next draft, they're, maybe they get draft, draft into SmackDown. SmackDown actually doesn't have enough time. So I think, but they could integrate them there, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I still think, uh, I still think you just have it be a title and, and get rid of the ropes and, and not, because I think just once they change that to that purple lighting and, you know, everything, it just kind of kills the, it just kind of kills the mood. Yeah. Um, so something I thought said a great mood was when Owens and Jericho did their little thing in the ring and uh, got interrupted by Goldberg. Um, so it's set now Goldberg versus Owens at Fastlane, which I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but based on everything we're reading, it's set Goldberg is going to win the title at Fastlane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking about this for weeks, so. Which feels so anticlimactic, but it's funny though, because I mean, you think about Game of Thrones, you think about any other TV show and a lot of times you feel like, you know, where it's going towards the end of the season or the payoff and it's not ruined there. So, I mean, in your mind, now granted you do this for a living, but is does it feel like you know you just you just want to be proven wrong like the unpredictable becomes the enjoyable at that point because you feel like oh it's so predetermined which is funny to say that it's so predetermined but it's predetermined this far in advance not is really that- i mean if it's the right move if you're building to the right match and goldberg versus lesnar is the right match um then yeah i think it's it's the right move to make and, and i i don't like when they uh change things around just for the sake of changing things around but you know when you stick to a plan that helps create better storylines when it's planned out well in advance and and so yeah i think it's it's good that they 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 do that now you look at seth rollins injury and if he can't make wrestlemania then that um you know that that makes things very interesting with where they'd go with triple h or you know maybe crazy idea maybe triple h doesn't need to have a match at wrestlemania this year uh, yeah he i i agree but he will <laughs> and i like triple, triple h. h is getting that wrestlemania paycheck but it's like that idea i mean it's like that's like saying you know like hey we gotta include the whole the whole gang but it could very well end up being shane versus triple h like all the rumors online are saying uh which would be Interesting on some levels, very, what's the opposite of, un, of, of interesting, uninteresting, very uninteresting on other levels. You have, you know, it'll be interesting to see just because who knows what their relationship is like, like, right. uh, I'm sure, I mean, they'll be professional and work together, but they haven't been seen together once since Shane McMahon returned, you know, uh, even when they were showing the backstage footage from last year's WrestleMania on that wrestle, you know, the WWE 24 and they had Stephanie McMahon, you know, embracing Shane after his match with Undertaker. Triple H was nowhere to be seen. Very good documentary, by the way. Uh, Those are excellent. I I like all the ones that they, they do, but um, do that on anything and convince me it was like the greatest WWE event of all time when they do those 24 documentaries behind it, because they really know how to tell the emotion, the beats just to get the best moments out, you know? Yeah. But I do think uh, going back to that, I think Shane versus Triple H would be fascinating, but then you got AJ Styles kind of with no one, you know? Yeah. And he got Samoa Joe too. Um, so, you know, we'll have to see where they go with those guys. I mean, Samoa Joe's kind of without anyone for Fastlane. Um, so, yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure. Well, 
if they don't come up with something, I could very well see him. He, you know, he could interfere with the Rain Strowman match. I, I don't. But why? I don't know. Is there a, is there always a clear cut motivation? Yeah, I mean, if they're building to Samoa Joe versus Reigns, then yeah. I mean, it, it would make sense for Undertaker. It would make more sense for Undertaker to interfere since well, interfere Undertaker versus Reigns is the WrestleMania match. When all else fails, the two biggest motivating reasons for someone to interfere or do that is one to put the locker room on notice, or two to send a message. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's not happening. I mean, they could do because they did Sami Zayn versus Jericho tonight, so it looks like that's no longer on the cards for Fastlane. So they could just give someone a you know some mojo a sacrifice like Sami Zayn, just have him destroy Sami. Yeah, although that that has the potential to be a really awesome match. I mean, not for like the mainstream average fan at home that doesn't really get it, but I mean for people that are into you know that style of wrestling, I think that would be fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, if they play it out like a throwaway, that would be very... Well, yeah, but you you don't want to give Sammy too much either if you're building Samoa Joe to be this monster. Yeah, so. but man, like, I don't know. How many guys can we have that, you know, are in that that monster category? Because I feel it's just kind of... does. I mean, doesn't that... Like a Braun Strowman monster, doesn't that appeal primarily to like the 10 and under set? Like that no, style it's working. I mean, it, I, it's... Look, I thought... Half the time, I mean, most of the times these pushes don't work in the end, but yeah. it's been working. I mean, the guy's over and he's getting the reaction. So, um, yeah, it works. Yeah, I don't know. I like someone who's like got, who's a tactical fighter as opposed to, well, he, what's his thing? He's really big. And what else is he? Well, he's really big. And how's he beat guys? Well, he's really big. You know, I think you need a little more there. A little more. Yeah, no, I, th I think you need a smorgasbord. Some guys... Should, Braun Strowman should be a, a giant monster that destroys people. He shouldn't be this artistic wrestler, you know, like in in the ring. Like that would, you know, there's a reason why Andre. You don't want Andre doing like you know, wrist locks and and figure fours and stuff like that. What makes him an attraction is that he's this behemoth giant. Yeah. Uh, so we uh, went from that to the rematch that I know everyone's been looking forward to. Although I did want to comment uh, one last bit on that last segment. I loved Kevin Owens calling Goldberg Bill. I just really enjoyed that little aside. You know, I will say this. I thought Goldberg, it, it's funny. Goldberg's style of promo is so different than everyone else in WWE right now. Yeah. He's got that, he's got that very eighties, nineties, you know, yelling into the mic, but I thought it worked really well here. And it, it shows like that. I mean, it's it's different, but it's it stands out. It and uh, you know, so I, I actually like Goldberg's promo tonight. I, I don't think he was supposed to say WrestleMania 33 because they're trying not to use the numbers. But oh uh, yeah, that's right. It's just an annual event now. Right, it's WrestleMania, um, you know, uh, Orlando, I guess. But but yeah, I thought uh, I thought Goldberg's promo was really good. And further setting it up, um, I mean, we'll talk about the, the aftermath of it, but of Jericho getting Owens into that match, I thought it was cute and how they did it. But uh, that was followed by the rematch we've all been waiting for. If you didn't enjoy it, the first well, well, real times, quick with, with Jericho getting Owens in. So oh, yeah, yeah. that obviously would lead to Owens blaming Jericho for him losing his title. The you slowest buildup towards something that we've known was happening that has been teased and teased and then walked back and then teased and then walked back again week after week. Yeah. So only two months to finally make it happen, WWE. Um, but uh, yeah, the rematch. Cesaro and Sheamus versus Gallows and Anderson. With Enzo and Cass ringside. Uh, what do you think of that? Uh, 
I thought it was a waste, um, but you know, it, I, at least they're throwing Enzo and Cass in this feud. So I'm, I'm guessing they're probably going to go to a th- uh, three-way at yeah. uh, maybe at Fastlane uh, if they can wait that long. Um, so yeah, it gives Enzo and Cass something to do. At least Enzo's not getting buried for a while. So uh, even though he was the one that was face planted, uh, but yeah, I thought is I thought it was just I'm, I'm kind of done with this this feud. You know, I thought that was really muted um, with Enzo and Cass out like tonight, their presence in the whole thing. I mean, it didn't yeah. seem, you know what I mean? Like compared to typically, I feel like they own a segment. It was weird to just have them there for a segment. Yeah. Were they on commentary? That's what I'm trying to think. Cause I'm remembering it and I'm like, I don't remember Enzo saying a darn thing. Yeah. I don't remember the entrance. Like, it, until I read the recap, I was like, oh, yeah, Enzo and Cass were there for that. That's, uh, I apologize, we could, Raj and I could be totally having momentary amnesia about this, so I apologize if a fan is out there like, you guys got it wrong, Enzo said something hysterical. But I have no recollection of them doing anything in that segment until after it was over. Yeah, I'm kind of tuning off when it's Seamus and Cesaro against, you know, Gallows and Anderson, so I... I wasn't paying quite as much attention as I should, but yeah, I'm pretty sure he wasn't on commentary. So they're just sitting there at ringside. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. That's kind of weird. The match was okay. Yeah, Everyone's confirming they were just at ringside. Okay. Cause look, I'm going to let our audience in on a little secret here. Um, We're not infallible. We sometimes get things just some, we just sometimes forget because when you're watching this, and then talking about it, it's, it's like a quiz. Some stuff sticks, some stuff doesn't. I use the recap results from the website to go through to make sure I don't miss anything. Sometimes if we miss something, one of us will catch it. But yeah, it's uh, it does happen. So I apologize for eagle-eyed uh, listeners, as it were. Yeah, so they won by disqualification after, uh, after Big Cass booted, I think, Gallows. So Gallows booted Enzo, and yeah. then uh, Big Cass booted uh gallows and that prompted the disqualification so god so looking like a three-way tactic feud god cesaro and sheamus should get another rematch against gallows and anderson next week seeing mm-hmm. as this ended in dq and all i'm sure they will <laughs> why why yeah why the villains have the belts now we can use different faces against the bad guys well if you're using enzo and Cass, you want to do it at the pay-per-view and not yeah not just do it on a throwaway match on raw yeah Golden Truth, they're suited up backstage. They're ready to rock. Just send them out there. Yeah. Make the magic happen. We saw Shining Stars. Yeah, we, we did indeed. See so we saw almost all the tag teams except for Golden Truth uh, on Raw tonight. Kind of crazy. Um, After that, a uh, segment on Black History Month, Jackie Robinson, which I thought was cool. That's so weird. Um, I'm all, I mean, I'm all for celebrating Black History Month. I like that they do these pieces, but it'd be like, uh, you know, in, in on baseball, if they're profiling a football player, you know, mm. like why didn't they do a wrestler? I mean, there's tons of wrestlers you could choose from, uh, you know, Ernie Ladd. I know they do uh, these minor pieces on old WWF, you know, African-American wrestlers uh, every year. So maybe they're just trying to do something different. But this just came across as it came across as like they just put all their African-American stars uh, reading from a script about someone who has no connection to wrestling and Jackie Robinson. I mean, he is a, you know, obviously a, a, a very important historic figure, but um, I don't know. That just seemed, seemed odd to me. 
Well, I think definitely a groundbreaker in terms of professional sports and African-Americans in professional sports. Right. But remember, they got to do eight of these. For Latino Heritage Month, I mean, they did one on Cesar Chavez. You know, I mean, they were just... Uh, they're, they're only, they're only going to do four. You, you think they'll do it on SmackDown also? Yeah, they'll, do, they'll air the same one. SmackDown doesn't recognize Black History Month? Well, they no, they they do. They just air oh, the same season. one. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I don't know, uh, but I'm sure I'm sure there'll be some on some wrestlers there. Uh, Maybe, but yeah, Jackie Robinson. I, I remember. Uh, I, I'm I'm not a big baseball fan, but watching uh, I watched that movie. It's 42, right? Was his number? Yeah, and it's an amazing movie, and his you know obviously his his amazing career and uh, groundbreaker. But yeah, I, I just think uh doing some stuff on you know wrestling uh and like african-americans wrestling and how it's changed or you know things like that there's a lot of interesting stuff you could do i mean do you think the wwe's own record perhaps with not main eventing african-american talent maybe is why they want to like hey we got some we might want to steer clear even with the rumors of like hogan coming back hey we've know some talents had some issues before we might want to not get this too close to the wwe i don't know just yeah know. someone's asking if there's ever been a black wwf champion or slash wwe um only the rock but uh booker team mark henry they were world heavyweight champion and when they held those titles those were clearly the secondary titles and the wwf championship was the main one on on raw so uh so as far as holding the most pushed title you know at that time uh only the rock but you know you you look at the rock and he's it's like i don't know if you've ever seen that chris rock but he's talking about um that especially did but he's talking about like his neighborhood where you know he lives there and jay-z lives there and you know beyonce and he's, he's naming all these like huge you know african-american superstars and he's like and my white neighbor is a dentist he's like you know so i i think of that with the rock sometimes like yeah you say the rock but he's also someone who's got so much charisma that he went on to become the biggest movie star you know in the world today um so yeah it it, it is a lot of that is situational uh you know bobby lashley was you know they did peg him to be world champion down the road so, but yeah, uh, uh, no African-American WWF champions other than The Rock, who's half black. And I think The Rock also has the same sort of quality Vin Diesel does, where every culture, like, sees themselves in him. Like, every culture wants to claim The Rock for their own, because he has such an interesting multicultural heritage. I don't think he's identified the same way that, you know, for instance, like, uh, uh, Bobby would be. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they like when they do the Black History Month spots, I don't think they ever profile the rock. Yeah. Um, so. So, yeah. Um, so there is that. But, you know, that and that's the that's the thing. It would be nice to see it more instead of having to have an African-American on commentary uh, to show that you're so diverse. Uh, show it, you know, in your product, you know. You know, when you gave the New Day their gimmick, it was so stereotypical that I thought it had to be a parody or something. And granted, the New Day changed it, tweaked it, made it work. Yeah. But, you know, you see our truth and, you know, all these gimmicks where there's like just this handful of gimm like characters that are are really given. And, and I wish they would uh, change that a little bit. And they are, you know. Well, Apollo Cruz and a lot of yeah. these other wrestlers are they're a lot. They're getting a lot better with it.
but show well, it in the product and yeah, not with these video packages. Part of the reason, I mean, you know, it's not about tokenism or about like putting forth diversity in, in a forced way, but I think, you know, man, that's, wouldn't it be great, you know, if Sami Zayn were to someday get the championship, he'd be the first Muslim champion since the Iron Sheik, you know, back uh, 30 plus years ago. I think that, you know, diversity just sort of reflects society as a whole. And I think the more that they do that with the way, you know, that they rotate guys at the top, I think just reflects who society is. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, and you know, you you see them go with transitional champions a lot of times. Uh, I, I don't see why you know you, they go with JBL. JBL was never more over than say like a Booker T. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I I, I agree one hundred percent. Although I wonder if that makes it too big of a deal, though. You know what I mean? Like they can't put the belt on Apollo Cruz and then no. Zack Ryder him, and twenty four hours later, like you had it, you're in the record book, but you kept it for twenty four hours. No, 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 absolutely not. Yeah. Um, like it's got to no, mean no. something. It can't right. just be uh, just cause. But no, that's uh, definitely interesting. Um, so speaking of the New Day, we had the New Day versus the Shining Stars, um, and th there, I mean, that was a very, you know mix and mashup of cultures. I love that Corey Graves was putting over the Shining Stars and the Shining Star Resort throughout this entire thing. I mean, that was the high point of this match for me as opposed to the match itself. Corey Graves is great. Yeah. I think he is uh he's one of the shining spots on commentary. Moro, I you know, Moro I think has just been uh dragged down with his with being with you know, three other people and because him and Lawler were so good together and kind of where they're at now, it's just uh I, it's just too bad because they could have Lawler if they want to and get rid of the other guys and just more on Lawler and that would make SmackDown's commentary so much better. And uh, But yeah, I, I think Corey Graves and Michael Cole, if you just had the two of them, uh, would probably be better, even though Byron isn't uh, that bad. Byron, I think, uh, has a certain charisma to him. Plus, I think Corey Graves needs somebody that he can just tear apart. And he right. does it in a way... Um, I strangely, even though Corey Graves is more vicious and biting with his insults towards Byron, JBL just seems downright mean half the time when he does it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like if you told me JBL was just like an angry drunk out there doing commentary, I would absolutely believe it. You know, because it's just something about him just has this venom that's insane. Yeah, I think J JBL, I, I used to like him on commentary back in the day, but I just think he's gotten hard to listen to. Yeah, it's it's week to week. It just depends. Before people on SmackDown, it's just just way too much, and not. I mean, I and it's. I think they're compensating for Otunga. I think, yeah, I just put him, let him interview people. Just something else. It just it really just doesn't add anything. Um, but to tonight's match, you know, I think this was where the new day should be at this at this stage in the game. You know, we've talked about this before. They don't need titles. They don't need belts. They it's it's their own show when they come out there. They're so massively over a grant. I mean. Even with the Shining Stars, this was still an entertaining segment. It didn't go on too long. This yeah. I thought for, for this was one of the better New Day segments in a while. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I thought this was good. And the big news. For what it was. For, for a segment with the Shining Stars, this was good. Uh, was, New Day ice cream apparently coming soon? It sounds like it. <sighs> they they had cereal. So ice cream doesn't seem as far-fetched. Yeah, that's what it's CM Punk going to get his ice cream bar, but the New Day. 
we'll get to get the return of the right. WWE ice cream bars. Uh, so in a moment, we're going to talk about my match of the night, Sami Zayn versus Chris Jericho. But before we do that, I want to take a moment and thank our sponsor of this episode, which is DDP Yoga, DDPY. You've heard us talk about him. Look, you do know it's five weeks into 2017. That means the year is actually now, I've said it's close to 10%. Now it's 10% done. What are you doing with your life? What are you doing with your health? What are your goals for 2017? Get DDP Yoga, DDPY. Let that help you accomplish your goal for 2017. Own your life, own your health with DDPY. It's used by guys like Chris Jericho, AJ Styles, Mick Foley, Gold Dust, tons of WWE superstars. Love it and live by it. Specifically, they're awesome max packs. And for a limited time, we've got a deal for you. You can get the DDP Yoga Now app three months of full access for 25% off. Or if you want the DVDs as well, you can get those for 25% off. And that comes with three months of full access to the app. Now on that app, you're going to get cooking lessons from Diamond Dallas Page himself, teaching you how to make healthy food taste amazing. He's going to give you motivational messages every week to help you stay on track. And if you want to partner up with a friend, if you want an accountability buddy, they've got the deal for you. Right now, you can buy a Max or Combo Pack at 25% off and get 50% off the second one. Sign up with a friend, get in shape together. DDP Yoga, DDPY, it's 2017, it's already February. Get on track, go to ddpyoga.com slash wrestlinginc. That's ddpyoga.com slash wrestlinginc. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Um, so yeah, they had the plug of the Elimination Chamber. They talked about the Rock and Roll Express going into the 2017 Hall of Fame. Um, what, what do you think of that, that induction? I think, I think it's great. Package. Yeah, the package I mean, especially because some of the other names that were rumored, like the the natural disasters, and and uh, I, I forgot who else, but I think this is a much better choice. Um, so yeah, I think it's well deserved. And you know, uh, WWE, the WWE Hall of Fame, it's they've never made it completely clear. Like, is it a U.S. Wrestling Hall of Fame? Because it's no, clearly no longer just a WWE Hall of Fame because they have the Freebirds in there, mm-hmm. uh, Sting, who didn't have a a hall of fame career in WWF. I mean, WWE. So, um, and you know, they, they, uh, they have Fujinami in there. So, um, so yeah, I, I think if you're looking at all the tag teams out there, rock and roll and express, uh, definitely deserve to be in. I think they're, they're a good choice, you know? And, um, yeah, I think that the package especially really put them over very well. They were one that I remember when I was kids as not really getting as much because I don't think they were really geared towards kids. And it seemed like tonight it was very interesting with the package showing them as, you know, a fan favorite with with uh, the females in attendance at every event. Yeah, it's interesting that with, with the tag teams going in now. Um, like, could they do the Heart Foundation? Because mm. And, you know, they have Brett, you know, kind of going twice. Or, uh, you know, the British Bulldogs. So, yeah, uh, there's and they're not going to do the Bulldogs right now because, uh, well, actually, is Dynamite Kid part of the concussion lawsuit? I think he is. Is he? Um, Demolition is, so they're not going in. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, it would it, be it'd be it'll be interesting to see if they go that route. With the Heart Foundation, isn't the issue still with Owen's? with uh owen hart's wife still isn't there something that's ongoing there no i meant the heart with brett and jim the anvil nightheart not the not the faction when they did it with uh owen and bulldog that would be interesting although i think that will just confuse people i don't think the heart foundation was when they were the faction was around long enough to warrant a hall of fame induction i mean they were the most over group you know for like six months but uh, they didn't have that longevity 
Hmm, interesting. Um, I, I think we're going to get the point soon. And we talked about this when we were trying to even come up with a wish list for this year. Um, where, man, time better keep passing. Some more people better retire. Because it's going to be kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good pick. But not like, yes, I'm so pumped that this guy's going in the Hall of Fame. It's going to be more like solid choice, solid choice. Well, yeah, yeah, you still got The Rock. You still got... Uh... Still got Taker, will will yeah. will you know be coming up sooner and later. Uh, so yeah, there's still some names, but yeah, then it'll be fill the these out every year. It's not right. like it's just two. I mean, they really need to fill this out every year. You know? Nah, yeah. I mean, they they always have the one big star, and then yeah, you know. But yeah. Yeah, people they yeah, the people that you remember are like oh yeah yeah I remember that was a thing. Someone's uh, asking the criteria for the Hall of Fame. They just. Vince just, you know, asked the people to come up with names and he kind of goes through the list and, you know, that's pretty much it. There's not a, it's not like a baseball hall of fame where there's all these votes and second votes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I, I could think uh, maybe next year or the year after maybe China finally, or do you think they'll try and do that uh, with something like this year and try and like more quietly slip that in as a respect thing? Well, they usually only do one, uh, dead wrestler a year yeah, um that's true. and who are they doing this year uh da, 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 da. i'm forgetting um i guess they could do her um yeah, yeah I, I don't know i bet that's the thing. i'm wondering almost if they'll do it uh as sort of a top line thing and make a big deal out of it or be like we're just going to do this now to kind of say we did people will stop asking us about it it will be done um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they play it once there's more distance um, on the whole thing. Uh, but after that package, Sami Zayn versus Chris Jericho with Kevin Owens ringside. So I went into this match not even getting my hopes up because I feel like every time I get my hopes up with Sami Zayn, it's like Charlie Brown and the football and they just yank it away from me at the end. And even though he puts on the better match and deserves to win, he doesn't win. Um, that was this to a T tonight. But, but that being said, I really enjoyed it. And I thought Owens interfering made absolute sense. And I would hope that we continue something with Zane and Jericho, although you're telling me they're not going to be doing that for Fastlane. I don't know, but oh, it's Rick Rude for the Hall of Fame this year. Thanks, thanks, guys. Um, so yeah, so they 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 probably won't be doing China then. Um, but uh, yeah, about Zane and Jericho, yeah, I think with it, this seemed like it. It didn't seem like it was a continuation uh, the way this match was designed. So yeah, it does seem like uh, they're probably going to be doing something else with Jericho at Fastlane. You know, somebody asked on Twitter about our favorite finishing moves and our and what we think the worst finishes are. And I'm actually going to say, and going on record with this, as much as I love Sami Zayn, I do not love the Haluba kick. Um, and I think it's kind of a just kind of okay finisher. I think Zayn actually, I mean, the Blue Thunder Bomb, um, what he does with the Sunset Flip Power Bomb, the way he does it with the reversal, that should be his finisher. Uh, but he can only do that against a really skilled opponent. He's done that like with Cesaro. He did that bunch that bunch in NXT, but where he does the reversal power bomb into the sunset flip power bomb. Like that's amazing. If he could do that as a finisher every match, that should be the most protected finisher in the WWE because it looks incredible. Um, but what do you think? What do you think of the Haluva kick? I I mean he, the way he delivers it looks like it le legitimately hurts. So it, it's yeah. effective in that way. Um, to me, it looks like it hurts him. That does not look like a comfortable <laughs> move to do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it all depends on, you know, if the the finisher is supposed to be this over thing that, you know, really gets you into the match, then, you know, the tombstone and mm -hmm. the pedigree, because they've been so protected, they're not the most visually spectacular moves, but, 
so on that one end, but if you're like talking about spectacular, then, you know, there's the red arrow and Mustafa Ali's, uh, moonsault. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think he's got an incredible move set, you know, although my favorite though, my favorite part of the match tonight with the Huluva kick, I like when they do the miss with that, when the guy gets out of the way at the last second, I wonder if that was planned that Jericho got out of the way halfway through. So Sammy just stopped it and didn't even bother to miss just kind of like, ah, this is going to look ridiculous. If I keep doing it, I'm just going to stop. I don't think I've seen him do that before. Like stop it midway through the ring. Yeah. You know, that was a nice little touch. Um, and, uh, I thought it wasn't quite a botch, but great selling by the announcement team of Kevin Owens with kicking him to the face and that connecting. Cause even I'm surprised they showed the replay on that. That did not look like it even came close to connecting with Sammy's head tonight. Um, yeah, I, I missed that, but yeah, when Owens kicked him from outside the ring. Um, uh, but no, yeah, was... the code breaker was kind of like a, yeah. he kind of like halfway got it. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was an all right match. You know, Sami Zayn in my uh, mind does not put on a bad match. And with him and Jericho, I, I, I would hope they would continue this because I think that they do have a fantastic match in them that would steal the show uh, if they developed it a bit more and were able to do it. But I don't know. I mean, what do you think it's going to be for Jericho at Fastlane? Um, who else do they got? Um, I don't know. I mean, Sami does make sense just with, you know, we're with, with the people with storylines and everything right now. Um, but I just, it just didn't seem like it to me. Um, and, uh, you know, starting a brand new feud. Yeah. I mean, they could just do someone temporary uh, for Jericho to beat. And then, you know, he wrestles Owens at WrestleMania for the title. I mean, for the U S title. Now this isn't ever obviously, but Sammy right now, currently uh, as far as in a while, is the first former NXT champion on the main roster who has not held a belt yet, correct? On the main roster. Because technically Neville has the cruiserweight belt. Um, Neville Owens, Finn. How far back are we going? Are we talking about like Bo Dallas and Big yeah. E? Because Big Bo Dallas yeah, hasn't held saying, anything. It's been a while. I'm saying it's been a while since an NXT call-up has not gotten that opportunity. Which I think is yeah, but it's, it's still early. Sammy's only been there a year. That's true. Well, compared to the year, though, I mean, like Owens first year Owens, which is funny, too, right? Because for all those people talking about how, oh, Owens, not the typical body type, WWE is never going to push him. Like he's had like a pretty fantastic run for not being a stereotypical wrestler. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, he's not pushed as like, even though he's been the champion and he's in the main event segments, you know, they don't protect him like they do like a Braun Strowman. Uh, you know, he he needs interference in every match to win uh, that he wins. But uh, Owens has gone way farther uh, than I thought he would just not from his talent. Cause I always knew he had the talent to, but just with just how WWE usually uh, treats guys like that. And Vince, especially. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, I mean, it was interesting. And I know a lot of people online tonight were commenting about like, you know, is, uh, is, uh, Samoa Joe going to get to wrestle without a t-shirt on, you know, which, which was nice. It was nice that yes, he did, you know, but I think that's for Owens. Isn't that more his choice? I mean, like, oh, that's how Owens prefers to wrestle. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it does him any favors, but yeah. It's, and as a heavy set guy, it's, we look, we make the mistake. It's like in the swimming pool. We think somehow it's better. I'll go wear a shirt in the pool. That way, like everyone doesn't have to see it, but it's like, no, then you're the fat dude with the shirt in the swimming pool. Like they know they it's a different <laughs> level of shame, you know, just pretend you're at a water park. Let it all hang out. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. there you go. That's, that's my advice to Kevin Owens. <laughs> Don't have shame. In or you, you, you just come up with something, you know, like Bam Bam Bigelow had a cool outfit. He was a big guy. It had you flames know. on it. One man gang, you know. So Undertaker well, wrestles, you know, he doesn't yeah. necessarily wrestle shirtless Kane, Mark Henry. So I think you can do something where you're not wrestling necessarily shirtless, but uh, it, it looks more like a an athlete. So it's funny. I'm looking at the comments here. Uh, John Armstrong saying Sammy should win the U.S. title. Um, someone calling me a total Sammy Mark. But let me tell you. Oh, and you are. I am. Absolutely. <laughs> but here's the reason why. And here's and, and by the way. It's it's almost one of those things like with Bailey um, or like American Alpha, where we've seen with some of these other great underdog faces. You could almost argue that putting the belt on them, while that's an amazing moment and we like glow in that for like a week after, it does kind of ruin them a little bit because their appeal is that they never win and you want them to win really bad. So you really can only play that card, like you can only play that once. And then it's like, oh, now they're the champ. What do you do? What do you do once they're the champ? You know, I made the comparison the Karate Kid before. The Karate Kid series really went downhill after Daniel won that tournament at the end of the first one. Parts two and three are nothing to write home about. Uh, part two, I like part two. But part three, part three really sucked. I enjoy in part three the guy that pretends he's like a Vietnam vet and he's really in reality like the same age as, uh, as uh, what's his face? Uh, Macho. You know, yeah, as Machio. Yeah. You know, I really enjoy it. I keep talking about back in Nam. Uh, part three is terrible and enjoyable on that level. And strangely, the next Karate Kid with Hillary Swank, which I'd always heard was terrible, is actually not that bad. I actually watched that about a year or two ago. But the point is, after they get this, look at the Karate Kid part two, how far they had to go to create a completely different set of circumstances to have it be captivating. And you know who I'll say they did this right with Bailey? It was with Bailey and Nia Jax. Because then you had Bailey as the champ up against someone that was so out of her element. That worked. And especially the way they stacked it with uh, Lil Nate as the ref and thinking, you know, even Marie was there and assuming that there was going to be shenanigans. Like Bailey, that defense against Nia Jax is the only time in recent memory I can think of the underdog getting the belt and having it be just as compelling against an opponent. The, the the yeah i mean the underdog story is done all the time it's just yeah. how how well you tell that story i mean uh but what do you do after it what do you do after they, they're they're the winner you have them defend <laughs> uh, and that's not as interesting it, 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 you're no longer the underdog but like daniel bryan he didn't lose any of his uh his uh he wasn't any less over after he won the title it's not about being over. It's just about how interesting it is week in and week out. Now, the one story you can tell when the underdog wins is you can tell the Rocky three story. You can have the underdog get a little kind of out of shape, reclaim the eye of the tiger, get back on their, you know, mojo, you know, and then come back to it. I think that's like the way that you do it or perhaps the Rocky four, but then we have to like kill a wrestler in the ring and WWE has got enough lawsuits for concussion. I think each case is different. I don't think Bailey is so much of an underdog that she can't be winning or, you know, like needs a, I think her, you know, her, winning is not so far-fetched that she's you know what i mean like it's, it's not, not that much of an underdog story it's not that it's not it's like you're the champ wow you won you're still the champ like it's just not it doesn't mean as much you know but that first Let's time see. it's it all depends on how they handle it yeah i mean american alpha winning a takeover was so awesome and then american alpha as champions and in smackdown not awesome you know yeah, that's just... more how they're booked yeah, they're put in with the same five teams uh, every week who everyone sees those teams as complete job guys, except for the Usos. So, yeah, well, 
that's 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 a subject for the wednesday the wednesday podcast what's up with the usos join me and raj on wednesday to get to the bottom of that one all right Um, so real quick they did the seth rollins injury update rooster was no update they just said his uh his participation at wrestlemania is in serious doubt and pretty much everything we've already said he had the mcl and uh that's it Uh, nothing more than that and interesting that they went from that to then uh, just after the the match that Chris Jericho won with interference of Kevin Owens uh, to Sasha Banks backstage and Charlotte rubbing it in. Man, this is the thing. It's like when we have real life injury and kayfabe injury, it's like this is where, this is why people get confused and everybody thinks everything's a work and they don't believe anyone's ever actually hurt. Well, if they're showing it on TV and you, they're doing backstage angles with it, uh, then it's a work, you know. Mm. Uh, but anyway, I, I thought uh, this just seems like it's trying to get Sasha more and more, you know, uh, to get to the point where she finally snaps and turns heel because that is supposedly the plan. Yeah, I'll, that'll be interesting. Maybe maybe that's how you do the four way with Bailey. Interesting is that if it's literally Bailey against three. Yeah, Bailey against Sasha with Sasha as a heel. I think that'd mm-hmm. be that'd be fun to oh, see. Yeah, no, that's uh, well, we've seen it. It's fantastic. Yeah, but most yeah. people haven't. Yeah, that's true. They can just <laughs> do the whole thing again. Yeah. Um, yeah, but then what do you do with Charlotte? And Naya or yeah. Emma. Emma's debuting I know, next week. I know. Re, re, Emmalina's de- debuting. Uh, Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves, Rush. You know, they said Brodus Clay was going to come on one week and it didn't happen. Kurt, Kurt Hawkins was. Oh, they said Emily, em, Emma was going to debut uh, like a month ago. They said yeah. she was going to be on next week and they just dropped it but i think this is it's for real this time uh it's just what do you do with her right now because unless you do something with dana brooke dana brooke what's dana brooke up to hanging out backstage yeah she was posting on instagram she was all made up and stuff yeah she gets ready every week so god this gotta be such a weird existence um so uh then we went from this to the segment that had just just i mean if you want to know what crowd indifferent sounds like the second cruiserweight uh segment tonight man what an example of that so it was hyping up the match on 205 live we had austin aries out there on the mic uh talking to neville for an interview interrupted by um tony niece cedric alexander noam dar jack gallagher and then finally tj perkins so they're just building up now it's there's going to be uh i mean i don't even know i don't even know like what they're doing with this division we came back and it was it was three on three um i mean was that the entire division i mean basically we saw the entire division tonight between this and the earlier match uh, no i mean they they have i mean they have a bunch of other guys that they're not really using also you know uh yeah, the cruiserweights are like Wu-Tang Clan. In theory, there's a ton of them, but we all know there's like the core eight guys. Right, because remember they had the Bollywood Boys, and then they had Mustafa Ali, and and uh, uh, yeah, there's been a, a bunch of guys that have shown up and then kind of disappeared. So Yeah. Um, and, so, yeah. but man, that audience tonight, I mean, who got the biggest, <laughs> who got the biggest mini pop uh, when, when they came out? I mean, maybe it's, TJ did? It sounded like... Um, and no Amdar almost. There's yeah. a little, a slight. Pop. But you could look at the audience. And the audience was, I mean, like just looks of confusion on people's faces. Like, who are these guys? And you have to assume if you were at Monday Night Raw, you must actually watch Monday Night Raw. Like, you should at least, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of the cruiserweight division and how they've done it, but I, I would at least have a little recognition, you know, if, if one of these guys were to, to 
appear in front of me or enter, you know, a courtesy clap, if you will. I, I know from being there live, as soon as those, they start doing those purple ropes, people are starting to, you know, go to the restroom or get another beer. Uh, it's, um, it's, it, it is what it is. I, I think that's the first thing they need to do is get rid of that. You keep, keep the purple for 205 live. That's fine. But you st stop telling the crowd because they also take a lot of time oh, uh, yeah. between, you know, w when they're setting up those cruiserweight ropes and everything. So that's when they add the video packages. It kind of deflates the crowd a bit. So. Next time, uh, Raw, I don't know if Raw is going to be in your neck of the woods or my neck of the woods uh, next. But when, when one of us goes, we need to take a time lapse video and publish that on Wrestling Inc. So people can, at home can understand what the audience experience is. You know, hell, do it non-time lapse because I don't think people even make it through. They'll realize that it's just like, yeah, I gotta go to the bathroom, get some popcorn, get some more beer. Yeah. You know, it's just it's so much of a break. Um and yeah. the big problem, another big problem with the cruiserweights, they don't wrestle all that much different than the heavyweights. Yeah, which is weird, right? I mean, is uh, that not just really the, 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 or... the guys are just so much better athletes, you know, with the heavyweights now than they were back uh well, yeah. back when the cruiserweights first debuted, you know, in WCW when you had you had a very different, you know, the, the heavyweights were where you saw the big stars and the icons and then the cruiserweights was where you saw this crazy action you've never seen before. Yeah, but look and at what AJ do does. that with the cruiserweights, but they have them slow them down and work the same style that the heavyweights do. So but look at what AJ does. Look at what Sammy does with some of those moves. I mean, no one's afraid to go on the top rope anymore. You know? Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, Roman Reigns is doing topes, you know, to the outside. And, uh, so it's it's you're seeing better matches in the heavyweights that you don't need the, you know, so it's not different enough to be uh, something to look that you get excited about. Well, something we should get excited. And they got a ton of talent on there. I, I'd like to. Yeah. I'd like to see them make it work. Something we should get excited about was after that match, which, by the way, Jack Gallagher, T.J. Perkins, and Cedric Alexander won. Um, Jericho and Owens backstage want to show the world how strong their bond is. The Festival of Friendship next week on Monday Night Raw. This is one of those. The idea and the name and the way they sold it was so good. I'm almost afraid they can't possibly live up to the joke on next week's episode of Raw yeah <laughs> uh i think jericho and owens will make it work though yeah i tweeted i expect to see fozzy playing with jericho and owens doing a cover of you've got a friend in me from toy story you know just something <laughs> to really sell it yeah. um but yeah that'll that'll be interesting uh to see how they pull that off next week um after that more teasing the elimination chamber and then the main event samoa joe versus roman reigns so, uh, yes, the joke was made a million times, if you were on Twitter, of people making the joke of Samoa Joe versus a Samoan whose name is actually Joe. Samoan Joe versus Samoa Joe. Yes. Um, and uh, what, what did you think of the match itself? I mean, so before Braun Strowman interfered, I thought that they did a pretty good job of evenly pacing it and weighting it and giving it a pretty good rhythm. Um, yeah, I thought, it, I, thought, I thought it was fine. Um, you know, they didn't have much time. Mm. And... Uh, but you know, I thought you know Samoa Joe. They they didn't uh, they didn't have him be Reigns' whipping boy, and then you know he wins. You know after Strong Strowman interferes, he he looked strong during the match, and then you know he got the outside interference from from Braun. But uh, you know, giving a guy a, a win over Roman on his first night in, I think that's what you should be doing. So so that I thought that was good.
So weird, though, that they could have him destroy Seth Rollins last week in that ambush. But with Roman, it's like, well, he can only win if Braun Strowman interferes. Well, I mean, he attacked Seth from behind. Yeah, so, so. we didn't get a proper Joe entrance tonight. We didn't hear the music tonight, did we? No, you did. Did we yeah. hear it at the top of the show? Yeah. I can't yeah, remember. he had the same the same NXT theme. So it was the same NXT theme, but they didn't give him a proper entrance because he interfered uh, Romans this evening coming to the ring. No, he had a proper entrance the second time, too. Did he? Yeah. I'm sorry. This is the Raw, where Raj and I are both questioning reality and what we <laughs> saw. Um, so I thought that... I think the second time, I for sure the... For sure, I heard his entrance music tonight, but maybe, maybe he didn't have guys. Did he, uh, guys, did he have the entrance, uh, with his match with Roman? Because Roman came out for, oh, yeah, he didn't because Roman was coming out and then Samoa Joe yeah. attacked him before, yeah, yeah, but he but did he have his entrance earlier, but yeah, it wouldn't make sense if he's doing the, the sneak the attack out. before the match, yeah. Although they do it for everyone else when someone interferes in a match, their music hits, which is always kind of like, but, yeah, but that's inner, yeah, that's different. Which is kind of weird, right? How do they explain that in kayfabe? Like, hey, I'm trying to do a sneak attack. Your jerk's got to play my music. You ruined my thing. You know? Yeah, I mean, none of that makes sense. I, I wish they would do that, make it way more organic. Even even in a promo when a guy comes out. Because if you're really thinking about it, what that means is the guy first walks over the music guy, says, all right, I'm going to go interfere now, you know, or I'm going to come interrupt this promo and I hit my music and then I'm going to go out. So, you know. I prefer it if they just came out. It just looks a lot more organic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, that that should be one week, Raj, when it's slow, just wrestling nitpicks. Just every little nitpicky <laughs> thing we have about kayfabe and the monster of the WWE. Um, so yeah, I, I dug it tonight. I thought for Joe, I would like to see him get a clean win just to establish him, you know, continue on the dominant force. Love that he had a kayfabe response to Seth on Twitter. I thought that was fantastic. Interesting though, tonight, no muscle buster. Do you think, uh, maybe they're saying like, Hey, maybe we want to lay off. He hasn't been doing that in NXT either. Right. The last time I watched NXT, he, he did it. I mean, he did it uh, against Finn. I mean, within the last year he's done it. Yeah. Yeah. But recently he never did it with Nakamura. Did he? I feel like he did. It would seem maybe. weird that cause they, they wrestled some long matches that it would be very strange for Joe just to admit that to omit that from uh, his repertoire. But I almost wonder if now after Rollins, they're like, Hey man, like this move well, is claimed. A, well, not just a that before. it's his finisher. And if he's not yeah. pinning Roman, then, uh, well, I know he did pin Roman, but yeah, I, I mean, Roman's a big guy, so I don't know. I don't know if you want to be trying that move on him. That's true. Uh, That's but you know, Braun, Braun kicking the crap out of Roman at the end. Fans were chanting, thank you, Strowman. Uh, so, yeah, it, uh, Braun versus Roman. Who do, you, who do you have win at Fastlane? Uh, Braun versus Roman? Um, I, I, th I mean, come on, man. Like, we know the company whose product we're watching, and we know how they operate. I feel like, I feel like it's going to be Roman. That's not, like, who I want to win, but I feel like, I feel like that's the story they think they're telling. They think they're telling, like, the Sami Zayn story again, but if Sammy would have not just lasted 10 minutes, but actually like risen to power and took in Braun down, I feel like that's what they're going to do with Roman. It just seems like they've been building him so strong for so long that just to have him lose at fast lane, uh, seems like a waste. I almost wonder if you hit the undertaker's music to a music yeah. distraction and uh Strowman gets the wind and, and Reigns calls out taker the next night on raw. 
or I think that's why Joe interferes so they can they can end it. If Joe has nothing else going on at Fastlane, then that's how they, no. they have Joe interfere in that. It makes no sense for Joe because he's not wrestling Reigns. No, I know he's not, but I'm just saying that it's just a way to kind of pause it. I feel like they throw some of these distractions at us sometimes. I mean, Braun is not random. So it, it, usually, if there's a distraction, especially on the main, you know, in a main event level, <laughs> there's a reason for it. They're building to something. Yeah. We need like an org chart of everyone who's got heat with everyone else at this point, because I feel like they're telling a very complex web. Yeah. You know, of who likes who and who's aligned with who. Um, but yeah, I thought uh, all in all tonight, even though it was kind of a, a middling episode, I thought there were no segments where I felt embarrassed to be watching professional wrestling. So I think that's a win. Any episode of Raw, if there's no point where, you know, I'm just like, thank God nobody is here because I would be ashamed to be watching this. That's a solid episode to yeah. start with, you know. Um, but I thought the pace moved a lot of commercials, though. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah, yeah. It just seemed like they, they went on forever. And it seemed like they'd come back, and within a minute, they were going going back again. Uh, so what are you hearing about the meetings that were held at the WWE in the last week to, to sort of rectify the situation or come up with some replacements? I haven't heard anything. I mean, the only thing... You know, I think it was PW Insider said that there was some talk about Triple H versus Shane as one of the ideas. What um, was that talk about some of the former female talents might be coming back for Mania? I'm I'm wondering if it, that's just for access or or uh, maybe you know they might have. I don't think it's to wrestle. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, someone's asking who Joe will face at Fastlane. It was supposed to be Seth Rollins, but obviously that's out the window. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, there's like no natural you could do like I said, you could do Sammy, but there's really no no easy natural feud. There's so many heels right now. Yeah. Like, you know, like Chris Jericho and Samoa Joe would be cool, but Jericho's a heel. Rusev is doing absolutely nothing. You know, it'd be cool if you got him in that mix, but you know, he's a heel. This is where I think, I mean, Sam, I feel like they've been putting Sammy at the upper mid card. I think this is Sammy's opportunity um right now with Rollins out because they need another face that they can do something with because they have so many heels um i did want to get to the question um that was asked on twitter earlier someone uh tweeted asking what are the five what do you in your mind just what are your uh kyle leith asked what are your top five finishers in the wwe right now well we i mean we discussed it a little bit earlier yeah. but uh you know it, it just depends i mean I, I the undertaker's tombstone you know when that's hitting the match that really get your attention, but it, it's not as spectacular as the red arrow, but it's, you know, it's an awesome finisher. So, uh, I, I, I don't know about top five. If, if I had to rank myself, I would say, uh, the, the tombstone, uh, Randy Savage's flying elbow, uh, the super fly splash, um, the swanton, Jeff Hardy swanton when he used to do that. And, uh, I don't know. Well, if I'm going all time, clearly it's Scotty Too Hotty and Albert with the worm into the pin. I mean, come on. We all know that was like the best finisher of all time. Um, but and I Stone Cold Stunner. I'll throw that in there. Uh, but no, of the, of the current stuff, um, you know, I mentioned I love that Sammy move that he should be using that uh, rolling Yoshi tonic uh, reversal that he does. But of the current stuff, I mean, I think coup de gras, I'm going to count Finn's thing. Um, Red Arrow, RKO, Sister Abigail, and probably Kinsasha. Just Sister Abigail. Yeah, I love Sister Abigail because I like the way he does it with the kiss and everything and then the swift move and the throwback. Like, I, I really enjoy the way he presents that, that it feels 
it feels like a moment you know and that makes it cool whereas with the rko i i do like the rko um just because the way that they they work it in i like when they get creative with the rko not just a standard one but i love when like they mix it with the spear when they mix it well actually the sister abigail into the rko they were doing for a while there i enjoy seeing that as a combination worked into another move yeah um yeah, I, I, th I think uh, RKO, they protected it enough, too, where people aren't always like, you know, John Cena's AA. People kick out of that all the time now that it's it's, hard, it's not even a false finish anymore. But uh, yeah, the RKO is cool. Uh, Canadian Destroyer Canadian Destroyer is great, but, um, you know, it's like Mustafa Ali's Moonsault. It's uh, it's spectacular, but it's not like, uh, I mean, it, it, it's spectacular, but it's not like an iconic move in, in a sense. It, if you know what I mean. He also asked what the worst moves are, but I think the worst moves, the answer to the question, are the ones we can't even think of. Sure, there's some moves we're indifferent to, but like the Shining Stars, what's their finishing move? Therefore, they might just- The Shining Star. The Shining Star? <laughs> uh, the Ascension, what's their finisher? You know? Uh, uh, yeah, the, the leg drop, you know, was iconic, but as a, as something that really hurts, it, it you know, it's, it, it's not up there. Um, he hits that finisher, man people's elbow um but that's the thing i think if you can if you know a finisher by name and you can reference it it's a good finisher there's no yeah. bad finisher that you can name right you know that's my take on it um so i know we're running a little long here matt morgan's gonna be back with us on sunday raj and i'll be back here on wednesday to talk about smackdown the go home show for elimination chamber is there anything else we want to cover uh i think we hit just about everything someone's asking real quick yeah, because a lot of people have been uh have been asking about this but um well, Brock Lesnar appeared after Raw tonight, so that's weird. Oh, they did that. Well, he did that last week again. Well, he was there last week, but he came out at the end and did a dark match. Well, well not even a dark match. He did a, did an open challenge. Big Show came out, and then he slammed him. No, the, this week he appeared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, what do you do this week? The same thing? Yeah, but they they usually never waste a, a Lesnar appearance, you know, uh, because he's so it's so expensive. So... That's odd, but um, yeah, he 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 destroyed Big Show uh, like he did last week. So, um, so that's odd. Um, yeah, that is. I mean, he maybe like maybe he was in town. Maybe yeah. just the worked out. He had to be in Portland for a thing. Um, so yeah, so a lot of people are asking about what are the matches at WrestleMania. So this is the I had posted this a few days ago. This is the rumored WrestleMania card. Um, and so you can look at it. it was uh, posted on Friday, I think. So you can go back to the site and look. But um, the current rumored card is Goldberg versus Lesnar for the Universal Championship, Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton for the uh, WWE Championship, uh, Charlotte versus Bailey versus Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax for the Raw Women's Championship, Roman Reigns versus The Undertaker, Seth Rollins versus Triple H if Rollins can do the match. Uh, Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho, AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon, John Cena and Nikki Bella versus The Miz and Maurice, The Big Show versus Shaq, and the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. And I, I noted that that's ten matches, and WrestleManias usually have you know uh, eight to eleven, so yeah. there's not much room for for more matches on the card. I'm sure they'll do a intercontinental multi-person match or, or something, but uh, SmackDown Women on the pre-show. I, I, I would, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't be, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, 
they didn't even use them or used them in backstage segments or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, wanted to mention one thing. I don't know. Did you watch the, the ESPN XFL documentary this past week? I did. That was so good. I thought it was very entertaining. It, uh, it, it, it didn't really hit home what a disaster the XFL was. I thought, um, because I, I don't think they wanted to put Vince McMahon and Dick Ebersol into too much of a, a bad light. Yeah. Um, but Directed it was by Dick Ebersol's son. Right. So this yeah. It's not yeah. going to be shocking revelations. And that's why you got Vince and Dick, you know, participating yeah. in it. You never see Vince participating in those kind of things now. But so. they had Bob Costas who just continues to crap all over the XFL. Like he did when it was on TV. Yeah. And, and then the commentator, Matt Vasgarian, yeah. is that his name? Um, so yeah, I mean, I thought it was really entertaining. It, it, it flew by when I was watching it, but uh, there's a lot of stuff left out. Um, but, but yeah, I thought it was, if you, you know, if you're wanting to be entertained for 90 minutes, it's really good. Yeah. I, I wonder like if you, cause there were some things with the XFL that I didn't think, like when they were first talking about it and saying like making a reality, you know, like it's going to be like a reality show within a football game or, you know, something like yeah. that. I remember thinking if you did a football, a new football league and did it like with the eight teams, I, you know, I kind of like that idea where, and it's just owned by owned by the organization. You don't have individual team owners. And, um, and then if you did like each week, you, you showed their training camp of the two teams playing, you know, that Saturday night yeah. and you kind of show like behind the scenes or, you know, if there's disagreements off the feet, you know, during practice, you know, so you, you kind of highlight the two teams, put it together real fast on, you know, tape up to Thursday, put it together fast on Friday or Saturday, and then you air it before the game. So it's kind of like the, like a, a one hour reality show that leads into the game. So it gets people familiar with the players and everything. I always thought that would be something uh, that would be interesting that, you know, but they were talking. I like how they teased it at the end, but them still oh, talking. And they're like, never going to do it. I know. They won't do it <laughs> no one, no one will give them the money to do it again. But it's oh, not Vince, would, Vince has the money. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it now if it costs a hundred million or whatever, yeah, they Linda spend, McMahon blew a hundred million for her Senate campaign. Yeah, yeah. But but that was <laughs> that was almost twenty years ago. It cost a hundred million. What would it cost now in the current media market? I mean, granted they have the network, but the network's not going to get NFL numbers. Or no, no one would pick it up if Vince yeah. McMahon was doing a football league again. Yeah. Um, but no, but the, uh, yeah, I, I think that the uh, the documentary captured, let's just say everything the XFL did right, the documentary included, you know? Yeah, there's some stuff I forgot. And so like when they were promising to go in the cheerleaders locker room and oh, so uh, such a disaster. But you know what's funny though? I posted on a Facebook about watching that and being in the Bay Area, so many friends that were like, oh my God, I used to go to San Francisco Demons games, had season tickets, went all the time, such a blast. You know. Well, do you know, I actually had an XFL site. Really? Yeah. It was XFLpro.com that, uh, yeah, we, as soon as, you know, they, they announced the league, you know, we, we decided to create the site and, uh, yeah, I think we launched it like in October or November, like when it was getting close to debuting and it was hot for, it was hot for a couple of weeks. <laughs> then it just died a, a, a quick death. Wow. Did you let that domain expire? Or do you keep yeah, that one? Yeah, uh, that one's gone. 
Yeah, some squatter out there has that they get. I'm gonna get tons of page rank with this. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. I mean, people remember it fondly. I think that uh, yeah, that documentary was just really, really cool. Very interesting uh, to see the whole. It told in that format. I think that's my favorite uh, thirty for thirty in quite a while. And the Ric Flair one is coming up soon, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean they keep uh, they keep teasing the the date, but they haven't uh, they haven't announced a, a date yet. It's been in the works forever, so that'll be interesting. Cool, man. So yeah, I'm gonna, uh, the guys in the comment section. There's some people asking about it, so I'm gonna send them a link so they could see uh, what XFLPro.com look like. All right. Oh man, it's and that's the thing. It's like as you think about it, and I think with most nostalgia, it's the same thing. And I'm a big nostalgia guy for pop culture. It's very easy to convince yourself anything was awesome the further you get removed from it you know yeah well, anyway yeah cool man um well nice so uh, yeah we'll be back on wednesday talk about smackdown and until then follow raj on twitter check out wrestlinginc.com for all the latest on seth rollins the behind the scenes news and everything that's going on in the wwe follow me on twitter uh for random ramblings about uh wrestling and uh, my day job and uh, until next time i'm glenn rubenstein and uh, we'll see you back here next time on the wrestling inc podcast take care This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.